You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Thank you once again for the opportunity to share fellowship. Thank you, the grace and power is released. Thank you for clarity of thought, of understanding, of purpose, and of expression. All that needs to be said shall be said, and all that needs to be heard shall be heard. And all that needs to be done, grace is giving to do. We will bear fruit to the glory of your name, alongside with the body of Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. When the righteous pray. When the righteous not pray. Prayed. When the righteous prayed. Luke 18, verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. I've actually taught on this parable before and we realize that the context has more to do with the salvation of the soul. So this parable is not much about prayer. But it actually fits into the essence of prayer. (laughs) The very essence of prayer. Because in the parable we see the core need of man. And I've been teaching on this for us to understand that Jesus came to redefine the need of man as to how the world has defined it all this while. The world has defined the needs of men with Maslow's theory 
of motivation. So we have what we call the basic needs, and then it grows to the place of status, power, influence, calling. So that's what most of us have come to understand as the core need of man. But we now know that the need of man is the salvation of his soul. So if there is something that we should be praying for, it should be centered around man's core need for which Jesus introduced us to. It should be centered around the spiritual more than the natural. And so Jesus in Matthew 26, verse 41, will tell his disciples, keep watch and pray. Keep watch and pray. Keep watch and pray. So that you will not give in to temptation. In other words, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Spirit is willing, but the body is weak. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. We already looked at faith and logic. We realized that there's a place for the body, there's a place for the spirit. There are no enemies. There are no opposites. The spirit needs the body. The body needs the spirit. But the body has to be carried by the spirit so that the body can play its fitting role in the purpose and in the will of God. The body needs the spirit so that it can play its fulfilling role in the will of God or in the purpose of God in the earth. Praise God. Oh, praise God. So it's important for each and every one of us to understand that there must be the place of the spirit. Say the place of the spirit. And also the place of the body. So you don't just think that Jesus is saying that because the spirit is willing but the body is weak means they are opposites. What he's saying is that the spirit would have to help the body to align to God's will and God's purpose so it shall function in its place in God's will in the earth. Amen. Is that very clear? All right. So what he means is that when a man does not keep watch and prayer, their body will do. What is opposite the will of God? So the spirit's influence on the body 
is key. Is key. And we know why Jesus would tell them so, because they were sleeping. Luke 22, 46. Why are you sleeping? He asked them, get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. So they were sleeping. So it was time to pray. There's a heavenly assignment on earth. They were to be partners with him in the assignment. But they were sleeping. In fact, they can go with him to the cross. But they can pray together with him as he goes to the cross. Praise God. Is that very clear? Yes. All right. But they were sleeping. Okay, so he used the opportunity to make them understand that as he is going to the cross to do all the work, when he leaves them, they will also be doing the work. And in doing the work, they will need to what? Pray. Otherwise, they will not be able to do the work. You see, so what Jesus was actually telling them is this. That what I'm going to do for you, it takes prayer to do it. And you'd also need prayer to continue. Hi, hello. Is that very clear? You also need what? Prayer. When a person becomes an unbeliever, what we can call an unbeliever is they don't know Jesus Christ. Is that clear? Okay. And I use the word they become is that they are given the opportunity and they reject the Christ. Is that very clear? Huh? Okay. That is... The crux of life is the reason we are here. You, you lose that, you've lost everything. So, as much as there are various temptations that we all know, this is the major. This is a major. 
How many of you believe that's the major? That's the major. So when a man is given the grace to make the choice and they are not able to, they have fallen. And their fall is dangerous. Because it can lead to eternal death. Hello? Oh, hello? Okay. When a man also receives this grace and therefore makes the choice, glory to God, they receive life forevermore. True or false? But their lives of other people depend on them. The lives of other people depend on them. The lives of other people depend on them. So it means that the lives of other people depend on you. Say it like you mean it. Say the lives of other people depend on me. So, Jesus mentioned something. He said, get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. How is a man tempted? Hello? How is a man tempted? Hmm? Yes. Through their own desires. Hello? Okay. So James 1, 13 to 15. Let no man, when he is tempted, say, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with what? there at all. God cannot be tempted by what? Nor does he himself what? Tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own what? Desires. Unenticed. Okay. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth so, when Jesus said they should keep watch and pray so they will not give in to temptation, what would the prayer do? Okay. 
Okay. Okay. So the prayer will change what? So how do you overcome temptations? Prayer. <laughs> prayer. Huh? How do you overcome temptation? By praying. When you pray, what happens? Okay. So your desires are changed. So you overcome temptation when your desires are what? So, the problem of temptation is the problem of what? No? Wrong desires. That would now call the need for what? Prayer. Now, How do we form desires? There's a world around us. Praise God. So what it means is that every time you would encounter certain things, that would make you also desire certain things. True or false? Wow. Look at Matthew 4, verse 2 and 3. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Is there a desire? What's the desire? Hunger. Okay. Is there a bad desire? To eat. It's not a bad desire. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become, become what? Become what? Okay. So, his desire to eat has been fueled by his ability to make bread. He already desired to eat. He has the power to make bread. So somebody is asking him to make bread happen so he would eat. So, is the problem his desire to eat? Or there's another problem? There's another problem. Okay, what's, that, what's the other problem? I'm challenging your thinking. 
the, the motive behind the desire to eat. <laughs> the desire to eat is not wrong. But what is wrong? No. Contextualize. We have read that we are drawn by our desires to sin. So Jesus says, keep watch and pray. And when you keep watch and pray, you will not fall hmm, to your wrong word desires. Is that very clear? Jesus had a desire to eat. Is it a wrong desire? He had fasted. True or false? And after fast, he will be what? Hungry. So he had a desire to eat. Now Satan comes and says, Command these stones. You are hungry. You want to eat. Command these stones to be made bread. If you are the son of God. Is Satan challenging his desire to eat? Which becomes the problem. So that's exactly it. So he is challenging his desire to show a certain power that he has. And Jesus would have to overcome that word, desire. So the temptation here is not just the food. Yes, he wants to eat. But what he's challenging is to show his word, power. That he is the son of God. He can turn these stones to bread. And of course, he could. He could. So that is, he has the desire. If he didn't have the desire, it cannot be a temptation. He wants to prove the will of God. One of the ways he could do that was to turn stones into bread. He has the ability, he's prayed, he's been anointed. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Go and do the work. So somebody said something. Said, when, the, <laughs> when the anointing is on you, it's a blessing. But it's also a temptation. True or false? Hey. Okay. Maybe I, I'm not putting it right. I'm putting it right. You are not getting it. With every blessing is a temptation. Every blessing. 
There are people who never had any temptation about coming to church. It was not a problem. The moment they had a car, coming to church without the car now became a temptation when the car breaks down. And you have, so they have been blessed with their car. Now their car has become their. The people who are giving children, and it's a blessing. Now, because of their child, they no more come to church. <laughs> so there's that innate grace upon the Christ, the anointed one. The devil also knows that. We also know how he gets his information now. So, data collection. He's not the guy. This is my beloved son. Who I'm well pleased. Came to the mountain. So now, because of who he is, the anointed one, that, and, and he's been endorsed by God, now he will be tempted. Is that very clear? Why? He has a desire. Say a desire. a desire. To do something for God. So the guy will now challenge that desire. And that desire is tested. If that desire is not checked well, it will be used against God. Did Adam and Eve use it against God? <laughs> yes, they did. Did you know that every action is in reaction or a response to something? So he would have functioned from the carnality of the flesh and not of the spirit. But he had prayed. Say he had prayed. So in his prayer, he built the resistance to use that desire wrongly. Do we normally ask the question, why did you do it? What pushed you to do or say that? Because you were responding to thoughts Feelings, issues, people, things. And in all of these are desires working. All of these. 
Behind human actions and responses and inactions are desires. Which could lead in, us into temptation, fall to temptation, sorry, or overcome what? So what it means is that we are either leading, listen, we are either responding, sorry, via the leading of our flesh or the leading of what? The spirit. It is the normal thing. We go through it every moment. We go through it every time. As you were coming to church, you felt like you shouldn't come. Your consciousness about who you are And the fellowship of the brethren, which definitely would have come by prayer, would either help you or you will lose consciousness because you have not prayed enough. You need to be a prayer person to always be conscious. Creflo Dollar said something. He said, there's never a power failure. Or a faith failure. There is never a power failure or a faith failure. Why? These have been given to us in Christ. We have the power. We've been given the power. We've been given faith. Do you have faith? Do you have power? Okay, good. If there is any failure at all, he says, it's a prayer failure. It's a prayer failure. Look at what Jesus said. Hebrews 12. The Hebrew writer was actually exposing us to what happened in the garden. Hebrews 12, 3 to 5. Let's all read together. For consider him who what? Endured such what? 
hostility from sinners against himself. Lest you become what? Weary and discouraged where? In your what? Okay. We know what already is in your soul, right? What's in your soul? Your will. Your emotions, yes. And your what? Your mind. Your mind, your will, your emotions. I said this over and over again. Your mind, your will, your emotions. So, how did Jesus not become weary and discouraged in his soul? Read. Next. Let's already go. You have not yet what? To bloodshed. Uh-huh. Did you see that? Did you see that? Who resisted? He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about what happened in the God until blood clots. He prayed until blood clots. He, so he prayed one hour. Still, he was worried in his word. So, and he was what? Discouraged. Did he tell them that? Huh? Did he tell his disciples that? My soul is exceedingly what? Sorrowful. Yes. So he prayed one hour and he told them, my soul is a city. And then he prayed again. He said the same thing. And then he went the third time and prayed another hour. And then, now he says what? He's ready. Are you here at all? Luke makes us understand that angels came to what? Strengthen him. Ah. So they came to what? Strengthen him. So in prayer, we are what? We are what? We are what? We are what? We are strengthened. We are strengthened to over. To over, to over, to over. So an overcoming spirit in Christ is exercised by what? Prayer. So go back to Luke 18, 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that what? Men what? Always ought to pray and not what? Are you getting the point? Now wait, wait, wait. The losing heart, what does that mean? Discouraged. Discouraged. Why? 
your soul is weary. Okay. What's in your soul? Eh? Your mind. So, so your desires. So his desires are failing. So there should be a change of desire. So the moment he prayed through the desires, what? Now what he says, I cannot. Now he says, I can. I'm ready. Let's go. But at the time he was about to pray, he was failing in his desire. He was being overwhelmed by his word desires. What was the desire? To live. The desire not to suffer. Yeah. The desire not to go through that shame, that pain. Wait. Is it a bad desire? No. So, um, I just want you to strike the difference. Is it a bad desire? I mean, as a usual, don't we all desire? Are you here? Now, what makes that desire now become a wrong desire? Today I'm preaching with you. I'm teaching with you. What makes that desire a wrong desire now? It's not of the will of the Father. So what it means is that, watch this, watch this, watch this. There is something God wants to do. So our assignment, our roles, our functions with God can make desires that are common to all wrong. So he could turn stones into bread. He said, no way, no. He could jump and come and he said, no. He didn't need, he could live above 33 years. We pray for a long life. But it was a wrong desire. As far as his assignment is, can't you see that at certain times when you are sleeping, your boss gets angry? Is it wrong to sleep? But because of what? The assignment he has given you. So you, you, you are supposed to eat your lunch. But your boss is angry. You desire to eat. It's not a bad desire. It is lunch time. But because of the assignment he has for you, it becomes a wrong desire at that time. Am I teaching you? 
Do you understand it? Do you understand it? That's why prayer can never be about you. <laughs> During that, do you understand it? That's why prayer can never be about what? You. Because if it just has to be about you, then you are the boss of the assignment. Then it's about your desires. But in prayer, it is about his desires being formed in yours. It's not about your desire. It's about his. Was Jesus praying for himself? Yes. But was he praying because of the assignment? So he was praying that he be strengthened. But the strengthening is not because that's what he desires. It's because of the assignment. So in the prayer, he even said, not my will, but your will be done. So he actually prayed God's will to become his desire. And that was the strengthening that came to him. And so in that strengthening, he had a new desire to do the will of God. So although the prayer was to strengthen him, it was God's will that he imposed on himself. And you're going to see that throughout. From Cain. Through. That's why I said, when the righteous prayed, their prayers was not centered on their will. Then it would have centered on their desires. It was centered on God's will and God's desire imposed on them to work with God as partners in the earth. Galatians 5, 24 to 25. 
And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and what? If we live in the spirit, let us also walk what? Prayer brings us here. Praise God. Look at how the Amplifier speaks to Hebrews, he, the, his, the prayer in the garden. Hebrews 5, 7. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up definite special petitions for that which he not only wanted but needed. And supplications with strong crying and tears to him who was always able to save him out from death. And he was hurt because of his reverence toward God. His godly fear, his piety. In that, he shrank from the horrors of separation. From the bright presence of the Father. Glory to God. Was it about him? So he would have to go through. To come up to the Father's will. So he can be of a blessing to you and me. Glory to God. Is that very clear? So when he says, not my will, but your will be done. Does he know the father's will? Yes. So you don't pray that prayer. When you're praying, say, that, that your will be done. It's like you don't know God's will. No, 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 no. He knew the will of God. And he now desired for it. Is that very clear? His desire had to, his desires now had to change. Change. If he was actually, he wanted to feast on some, your favorite food. And he was calling. His soul was calling for that food. Some of you say that my soul is calling for this food. At that point, he had to put it somewhere. There's a call. The desire would have to change. He would have to heed to that call. In his soul, his emotions would have to be driven to that call. His mind would have to be set to that call. And his will will now be unleashed in reference to that call. When he said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Reverence to you. Your kingdom come. 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is it the same prayer like the, he prayed in the garden? Is it the same prayer? Once again, not my will, your will. Are you getting it? Not, so, it's a, so, so in prayer, it's not your will. It's not. It's not. It is his will. The replica of his will forming in you as his partner in the earth. Give us this day our daily word. It must go into his will. Is it making sense now? Our father. So there's a relationship. Who art in heaven? It talks about relationship. The exalted one. So our father who is the exalted one. Is that very clear? Yes. Okay? Yes. Our father, the exalted one. Hallowed be the one. What, what it means is our reverence to him. How we see him. Is that very clear? Mm? Yes. Your kingdom come. So how we see you and who you are and your character, your nature is replicated what? Here. On earth. As you are in that exalted state, we see it here. What? So in your exalted state, listen, in your exalted state is the revelation of your character, your will, your desires. May it be formed in us in this earth. That's why we pray. Praise God. That's why we That's why we pray. Say, that's why we pray. Say like you mean. Say, that's why we pray. Say, that's why we pray. As Christ has made me who I am, I bring who he has made me in the exercise of prayer into fruition. Praise God. The world sees the exalted one living and walking through me. They see his will. They see his desires walking through me. And it happens in the womb of prayer. Because every day I encounter. I see different things. And prayer brings me back to my original position. Praise God. And I, listen, listen to me very carefully. Hmm. 
I have listened to a couple of teachings that can be very, very deceptive and dangerous. Where it makes it seem like you can just not pray and you function. It's one of the most dangerous teachings. Watch. I am a human being. I have been made so. Everything I need as a human being is in me. The day I was born, true of all, is in me. Is in me. But you can't tell me if I don't feed. I will grow. Would I grow? Would I grow? You can also tell me if I don't. If I decide to close my mouth by my my nose. I'm killing, I'm suffocating myself. Why? Because I always come into contact with carbon dioxide and what? Oxygen. And I have to make the choice to breathe. Prayer and the word is like that. You can function as a believer if you don't pray. And if you don't study the word you will be suffocated. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. You'll be suffocated. His will be done. I know his will, but I pray it into manifestation. My desires continually are changed in prayer. And I'm strengthened in prayer. So I walk in his will. Praise God. Oh, praise God. The day I stop prayer, Other things would overcome my desires, my godly desires. And I'll see a gulf, a gulf, when I say a gulf, a big gap between me and what I can do for the Lord. First Thessalonians 5, 17 will not be there. It will not be needed. Pray without ceasing. 
is because I need it. <laughs> Say, I need it. Look at Cain and Abel. Genesis 4, 2-5. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd. While Cain cultivated the ground, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some, some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of his firstborn lambs from his flock. Can you see the difference? They both prayed, Right? They both sacrificed. Okay, let me put it that way. Is that, is that very clear? Okay. So they both prayed. Can you see one prayer? Can you see another prayer? Watch this. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift. Can you see acceptance? Say acceptance. Then what happened? Next. But he did not what? Respect what? Cain and his what? So is it about his will or God's will? Is it about his will or God's will? So you see, it is not about your will. It's about his will. He respected it because that is how he wants it. It's not how Cain wants it. And Cain was angry. It tells you that whatever he was doing was about him. If he was thinking and his motivation was about God, he wouldn't be angry. Would he be angry? So his motivation was about himself. It was not about God. It was about him. Cain, me. Me. My will, my desire. So he was angry. His countenance fell. Noah, Genesis 8, 20 to 22. Noah built an altar to Say to the Lord. Say to the Lord. Say to the Lord. Is it about Noah or the Lord? So prayer has never ever been for man's desires and will. It's always for God's desire and God's will. So everybody that prayed right, all the righteous that prayed right, they prayed tuning into his word, will, his desire. That's why he taught 
the pattern of prayer. They were all looking for his will to be done in the earth as it is where? That is when the righteous prayed. That's their desire. Anytime the righteous prayed, their desire is that God's will be done in the earth. As it is where? And there he sacrificed as burnt offerings the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. Watch. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself. So all of these, are you getting the point, are not just literal. They are speaking to a person Looking at God's desire and God's will in doing whatever they are doing. Is that very clear? It's not about them. It's about him. And what he wants done. And how he wants it done. When you pray, say, our Father. When you pray, say. Don't be like the Gentiles. So, he was specific. So, all these patriarchs knew what prayer is for. And the pattern of prayer. So, if you see them even praying, and they are praying for themselves, the motivation comes from the assignment of his will on earth. <laughs> Praise God. He said, I will never curse again the ground because of the human race and even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil. From childhood, I'll never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting, harvest, cold, heat, summer, winter, day and night. I've told this. Now, watch this. What are you seeing right here? God's will in heaven is being done where? Can you see Noah's prayer? 
Can you see Noah's prayer? You will get it. Can you see Noah's prayer? Evil and the imaginations of men's hearts was wicked on the earth. Is that what God wanted? That's not what God wants. Yeah. That's not what God, want, God wants. So Noah's prayer is bringing God into the action. That even in the place where man's heart is so evil and his imaginations are wicked, his will will permeate. Is that very clear? His will will what? Permeate. Is it, is it for Noah? No! It's not for Noah. So whatever he was doing, he was partnering God for the earth to be what God wants it to what? be. Is that very clear? Look at Abraham, Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis 18, 17, should I hide my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked, for Abraham will certainly become what? A great and what? Mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. Are you here? Oh, are you here? Can you see God's will permeating the earth through Abraham? Is that the focus? Is that the focus? Okay, let's continue. I have singled him out so that he would what? Direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Is that very clear? So as it is in heaven. So, ah, is that very clear? All right. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have what? Promised. Let's continue. Go. So the Lord told Abraham, I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. Mm -hmm. I'm going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I've heard. You see how he plays it? It's a writing skill. It's not that God doesn't know. Ah, is that very clear? So it's like he's telling you the relationship. Like Abraham is like talking to a friend. When, that's why we say Abraham is God's friend. That's what he's trying to just tell you. Is that very clear? Okay. Sometimes these are things don't argue about. When people, say, oh, but the Bible, they say, uh, look at it. God, he doesn't know anything. Don't worry about it. 
is ignorance. So don't argue. All right, let's continue. Then what happened? The other men turned and headed toward where? Sodom. Watch. But the Lord remained with Abraham approached him and said, so Abraham will pray. Clear. Look at Abraham's prayer. Will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing. Destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why would you be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same? Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the Lord replied, if I find 50 righteous people, I'll spare the entire city. I just, what is he doing? He's bringing God's will to permeate in the wicked world. It's not about him. It's about the will of God and his desire in the earth. Is that very clear? So, you see, when we are shown prayer, the prayer of the patriarchs is always about God's will and God's desire where? In the earth. Look at giving of Isaac. Genesis 22, 9 to 12. When they arrived at the place where God had told them to, him to go. Abraham built an altar, arranged the wood on it. He tied his son, Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham picked up the knife to kill his, his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, yeah, I'm do not lay your hand on the boy. The angel said, do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have no withheld from me, even your son, your only son. Who desires to kill his child? Tell me. Not just his child, his only beloved child. Who desires that? Tell me who desires that. Hey, tell me who desires that. So, 
he was ready hmm, to lay his child down and trust that God will raise the child out of the ashes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Was it about him? Was he about him? So, where did we get to this era where, when it is not about me, I won't pray? Where? Where did we learn that from? Where did we gleaned that from? And even in all our prayers, it must be about us. Where? And look at, look at me. You remember, I didn't say if the righteous pray, because even Bible said, Christ said, when you pray. So there's a difference between if, conditional. When means it's something that you do. Yeah. Now, these guys, anytime they prayed, it's about the kingdom. That God's will be done. In their sacrifice, which is fellowship with God, which is prayer to God, they always have the thought of God in their hearts and in their minds. They move their will and their emotion towards God's emotions, towards his heartbeat. They function in his will. The one that actually sometimes when I, I anytime I read this, it surprises me was Jacob. Because he was truly a very selfish boy. Yeah, very, very, very. He would always be looking to his own. Look at Je Genesis 32, 24 to 30. When he was about to meet Saul, uh, sorry, his brother Esau. And so, <laughs> he was afraid that he would be damaged. Are you here with me? Yeah. You'll be damaged. By his brother, because of 
what had happened. 24 to 30, this left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match. Win the match. Do you understand win the match? Because he's talking about wrestling. So he's bringing it into the terms. Is that very clear? What it means is that Jacob will not let go. Will not let go. Watch this. The man said, let me go. For the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Please. If your understanding of blessing today is what you think it is, that's not what it is. You know what blessing is. I've taught you. So it's impartation of exactly what his essence and being and purpose is. He's talking about reformatting. Yes. I, I, I want to, li listen, listen, listen. I want to live my purpose. And you can't tell me that Jacob didn't know. He knew exactly his purpose. He was struggling in it. And he wants to fully enter into it. Are you hearing me? Bless me. We know of their birth, don't we? Yes. Listen to me. If he didn't know, and that was not what he, he wanted... He wouldn't have left the angel. And mind you, it's not an angel. It was not. Because an angel cannot bless you. It was the revelation of the Christ. So, you see, he knew exactly. They don't, their prayer is not about me, me. Oh, Jesus. They want to enter into his will, functioning in his place, in this earth. We're so consumed about us. Move. Tell them, thank you, move. Please, tell them like you mean, say move. I'll not let you go unless you bless me. I live my purpose. When you see them using this scripture for those other things, it is out of 
It's out of context. Ah, the guy already had material blessing. Is that not it? Is that not it? Yes. He offered to give his brother Esau. His brother said, oh, I also, I also have more than enough. I don't even need yours. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do. It has all to do with his divine purpose. Being God's partner. In the earth. Birthing the Israel. The nation of God. Started by his father. His grandfather, sorry. So from now on, you'll be called Israel. The prince of God. That's the meaning of Israel. The prince of God. The prince just means God's heir. So all of these are Old Testament. Join heirs with Christ. Are you getting the point? Yes. That's why I said, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. If there's anything that you want to see after the 48 hours, it should be that you fully entered. Praise God. Are you hearing me? That you are walking, you're walking and functioning in your divine purpose and your divine assignment. And nothing stops you, and nothing hinders you, nothing weighs you down. Praise God. Please tell me your name. Jacob said, why do you want to know my name? The man replied that he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel. Say Peniel. Which means the face of God. So Jacob met God. He knew he had met God. I have seen God face to face. Watch, yet my life was spared. I've met God face to face. And my life was spared. I don't deserve this. But I have it. They see partnering God as a privilege. We see it as Nagba. 
Do you know Nagba? What is Nagba? Okay. Thank you very much. It's true. That's Nagba. We see it as stress. 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 May prayer bring you out. Yeah, 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 yeah. May your, the exercise of prayer bring you out. Look at Elijah. Look at Elijah. First Kings 18, 1 and 2. Later on in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go, present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him, I will soon send rain. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. At the usual time, 36, for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Can you see a pattern? We've seen these people. Were they praying for themselves? Prove today that you are God in Israel. And that I'm your servant. Prove that I have done all this. Watch. At what? Whose command? So the prayer is praying. He's praying at whose command? So he's praying the way he wants, God wants him to pray. Is he asking for his needs to be met? For his sugar? Whose phone is making that noise lengthy like that? Is that yours? Why? Is he asking to butter bread? And sugar diabetes is cocoa. Or a new shoe. Watch the last bit. Everybody read it. Go. Oh, Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The 37. Go. Oh, Lord. Answer me. Mm -hmm. Answer me. So these people will know that you, oh, Lord, are God. And that what? You have brought them what? Back to whose? To yourself. 
focus is to bring God's people back to God. That was all their fight. That was all their prayer. That was all their longings. So even in their, the meeting of their needs and all of those, it actually features in the assignment. That is the core. What you dream about is what you pray about. And that's what your desires are filled with. Yes. Shows your desire. You will see it in your prayer. I said, we will see it in your prayer. We will see your desires in your what? Your prayer will demonstrate your desires. Your prayer would demonstrate your desires. Let me finish with Daniel. I'll continue. Daniel 9, 2 to 3. <laughs> Are you there? Daniel 9, 2 to 3. Go. Go. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. Can you see? Can you see his desire? No, can you see his desire? Look at the next. Go. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough bellop and sprinkled myself with ashes. The guy was actually not in a poor place. He was in captive, but he has been exalted in the king's palace. He should have stayed there and said, let me chill. Let them watch. Can you? Listen. Ah, don't you think so? But you see his bedding. 
You see his desire. So he knew why he was there. He knew why he was there. And his prayer is that he and his people, though he is not suffering, he sees actually the suffering of God's people as his suffering. And he knows this is not what God wants. Is that not it? He wants God's will to prevail. Say, I can't miss this. Oh, say it like you mean it. I can't miss this. Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.